0: hello everyone welcome back to another great episode of the theory of enchantment where we talk about empowerment wellness and interpersonal growth This is one of my favorite episodes today because you'll get a chance to hear from Mr. Cecil Walker who is the site director of an incredible organization I volunteer for in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn called Children of Promise. And Children of Promise is an amazing organization that mentors young kids whose parents are incarcerated, providing them with the resources, the advice, and the mentorship that they need to grow in life and to be successful. Please check them out online, Children of Promise or cpnyc.org. And I hope you enjoy listening to this interview as much as I enjoyed conducting it. You'll hear throughout a little noise in the background. Don't worry, that's actually some of the kids playing while the interview is being conducted, which I think is actually pretty cool. So without further ado, here is Mr. Cecil Walker, myself, and the theory of enchantment. So, like I said, before we started this, just going to be a smooth conversation. We can vibe and we can go anywhere. Okay. Um just as for some context i want to know a lot more about you because when i started volunteering at children of promise i was just blown away by your leadership skills and mm. you know the the sort of character that you demonstrated and leading a lot of the kids here so i guess we could start from the beginning you know what's your story how did you get involved with children of promise what you know led you to this current Point. place in your life
1: okay so um i'm a retired marine Right. Uh, I spent 23 years uh, in the in the armed forces, and uh, Ms. Content and myself um, met through a, a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And I kind of remember um, when Children of Promise uh, was on paper, okay. um, And uh, that that mutual friend uh, ended up getting incarcerated, mm. and I think this organization was. Um, birth, out of the need that she saw, while she was making her visits, okay, to, to go and see that that okay. young person, and uh, I think even one time uh, a conversation around it, um, she was like, you know, what happens to these people who who are there, um, to care for the caregivers mm. when someone is pulled out of out of the household. Mm -hmm. And I know that she worked initially very, very, very hard to Mm -hmm. put all of her thoughts on paper and just get it up and running. Yeah. And, you know, just being... She's kind of allowed me to kind of tap into all of those leadership qualities that Mm -hmm. you talked about. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to you know, in, in the military, you know, everything is surrounded every everything is in support of the 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 infantrymen yeah. on the ground. And I think towards the end of my my service I really didn't wanna I was I was I was done in the business of, of death.
2: Okay. Right? Yeah. So
1: um just being around around children and being that person that I had throughout my life, because, mm-hmm. you know, at certain points during my life, there was always an adult there who kind of steered me mm-hmm. in the right direction,
2: Yeah,
1: you know, and I just wanted, I wanted to be able to do that I, because I remember those people, mm-hmm. you know, I remember... Um, I used to go to Fordham University sports camp, and mm-hmm. I remember the first group of, of coaches that I met there or, or counselors at that summer camp. Um, you know, throughout, throughout high school, um, there were individuals uh, who persuaded me or just kind of guided me mm. in, a, in, in that direction. It, it's really weird. I have a really good friend uh, named Howard Langley Okay. who is a teacher right now at the end of his teaching career, okay. right? And we had a mutual friend. So I lived in Eastchester Projects, mm-hmm. uh, 1255 AD Avenue. And the young man uh, named Harold Edwards, who's no longer with us, he lived in 1245, okay. right? Yeah. So I, we played football a lot growing up, and um, I got invited to a game and at that time, I didn't really know, but it was a championship. Mm-hmm. It was a championship game. It was, I believe it was the last time that DeWitt Clinton High School in the Bronx won a city championship. Okay. And uh, Coach Langley made that catch. Okay. And that, wanted, that inspired me to go to high school, go to Clinton for high school. Right. And uh, long story short, came back to New York, I paid. I went to my old high school. Mm-hmm. I paid him a visit. He was. A, he's a teacher, and he was the the head football coach. So I sat down and we had a conversation. And I always wanted, again, because I had. I, I got such good advice from from the head coach at the time, which yeah. was Prezioso and a, a line coach, uh, Coach Wasserman. They really guided me.
0: Yeah.
1: In a time where you know. It didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no real strong male influence. And uh, I just thought me me coming back to the high school to coach mm-hmm. would be a good fit. It would give me, you know, I wanted to be that coach. Yeah. I wanted to be that guy like who circle. yeah, kind of pushed uh, or guided young men uh, in the right direction. And the more time that I spent around mm-hmm. uh, Coach Langley, uh, you know, he encouraged me to go back to school, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it didn't stop. You know, I'm here at, at that point. I, I, I'm 50 now. So that was about three or four years ago. So, you know, I'm in well into my 40s. Yeah. And here he is still inspiring me yeah. to make the best of with what I have mm-hmm. and just always strive to be the best person that I can be. Just no limits, no walls, right. no no barriers, nothing like that. If and, and and he's still even now he's like a mentor to me. You know, I call yeah. him up and I'll you know, he, I think he gets embarrassed by it sometimes because like if I if I run into a situation with one of my classes, you know, I'll call him up and, you know, I'm always uh praising him or congratulating him for mm. even taking that those two or three minutes and having a conversation or Even in our own conversation, I might say something and he'll say, wait a minute, coach, Um, what about this and what about that? And just kind of open my mind to different possibilities and not to be closed off, you know, and I I, I, I like to surround myself with people like that. And I and I aspire to Mm. be that person, you know, during one, we just we had a professional development today Mm -hmm. and I told the staff. I like being that person that the children see when they first walk in the building Mm -hmm. because the smiles and the greetings that I get—they're priceless. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't think there's—I don't—I don't—I think most educators don't realize how important Mm. we are to the development of young people. Yeah. And not even not even little people. I mean just like, again, I'm 50. Right. So somebody 40 years old, 30 years old, mm-hmm. they're still in need of a little bit of guidance. Yeah. You know?
0: That reminds me of something you said. I don't you probably don't remember this, but something you said was the first time I volunteered when you bri- bring all the new volunteers and right. you give them uh, the talk. You said I think it was actually in the circle that you said this that we don't realize how much we are role models for little people, whether we want to be or not. Mm. So, like little people are on the street looking to whatever adult is in their vicinity, mm-hmm. and they are going to model that behavior. Right. And so, it, pick, it puts an extra. It's, it's sort of like this concept of being blessed with a burden, right? Mm. It like mm-hmm. puts an extra. <laughs> it, puts <I> like <laughs> it puts an extra responsibility upon a person knowing that and trying to rise to the, to the level of greatness that is required, Mm. uh, if you know that young people are looking towards Mm. you as a, as a model. And that had a lot of, that had a huge impression upon me when you said that. Uh, and I'm just curious, you know, you talked about these mentors early on in your life. What are specifically some of the values that they, uh, you would say passed on to you, or that you saw in them that you really appreciated, and then internalized and modeled in your own uh, sense of character and mm. behavior.
1: I I think the the one thing that has stuck out in my mind, mm-hmm. um, hard work, mm. right? Nothing yeah. is going to come easy. Yeah. Um, dedicated. Dedication. You have to be dedicated. To whatever it is that you're doing, mm. um, th- there are some people that believe that we really don't become proficient in our endeavor until after f- ten thousand hours. Mm. Like if you want to be an expert at something, it's yeah. gotta, you gotta do like ten thousand hours. Yeah, um, you have to be committed. You have to be trustworthy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you have to. You have to be knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you have to be open. I I think that I learn more from the children yeah. during the day than they they learn from me. Yeah. Right. So if I'm if I'm if I'm uh, talking to a young person and you know I I remind them about doing their homework, mm-hmm. then that means when I go home tonight, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> do my homework. Yeah. Um, honesty, right? Mm-hmm. So. If I'm asking that of a young person, mm-hmm. I should be willing to give that and right. and um, just being not being closed off. Okay. Um. Be willing. Be willing. To challenge yourself. Okay. Every day, like one of the mantras that I live by, uh, if you're not better today than you were yesterday, mm. then basically you just showed up to your life today. Mm. You just showed up. You got up, you're going through the motions, you're not making a difference, yeah. you're not challenging yourself, you just showed up. Yeah. Do you know how many people just showed up to their life today? Yeah. You know? And knowing what you want, and I think that's kind of hard sometimes Yeah. To, to, with young people and even with us sometimes as adults, but working towards that, mm-hmm. se- envisioning what you want your life to be like in let's say five years or ten years, because if not, then you're gonna have to live with the life with the life that chose you. Right. You're not choosing it. Right. You're not working towards it, and you're finding yourself in situations or in surroundings that you really don't want to. Because, like we could set goals, mm-hmm. right? Human beings are su- supposed to set goals. Mm-hmm. We are here, like like Zig Ziglar says, mm-hmm. we are here because we're. We're destined for greatness, mm-hmm. right? But how could you hit something if you don't have the aim? How right. could you hit? If how could you hit a goal? It, yeah, if you're yeah. not targeting it, yeah. How could you hit that? So you're, you're either you're a wandering generality, yeah, or <laughs> I like me- that. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 meaning specific, yeah. Right. So okay. So I grew up in a really rough section of the Bronx, mm-hmm. right? Initially, um, and you know I was surrounded by. Aces. I'm going to <laughs> use that word. Adverse childhood experiences, right?
0: Yeah. I love but I that. Chose, wow.
1: yeah. I chose, and even people around me chose for me not to be locked in yeah. to that cycle. You know, you can be, so I I, 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 I kind of equate it to a, a drop of rain that okay. falls from the heavens, right? So when a, when rain falls from the sky and it hits the earth, it picks up everything,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all the pollutants of the planet. Right. Mm-hmm. The next day, when the sun comes out, mm-hmm. the the attraction of the sun pulls the water up mm-hmm. from the planet. Right. Mm-hmm. And the closer it gets to its source, mm-hmm. it burns off all the impurities. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, I might be on the planet, but yeah. I'm not of the planet. Yeah. You know. What oh, I'm I saying? like that. Like I'm I'm here, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. not. There are things that affect me, but like I try to tell the children every day. Good things happen, to, bad things happen to good people. Yeah. And when bad things happen to you, what are you going to do now? Right. What are you going to do? Right. You can come as you are. Like in the building, we love we want all of our children to come with all of their trauma because we're a trauma informed program. Right. So we want our children to be safe, welcome and known. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can come as you are, Mm -hmm. but you can't stay as you are because we're here to help you. Yeah. So I do understand you might. I understand the reality of your home life. I understand that you, you 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 could be missing that parent that's incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dealing with those aces every day. Right. I'm an adult, I still deal with aces. The yeah. other day when I got off the train I saw somebody shooting dope. Wow. Right? Yeah. I shouldn't have to see that. Yeah. And I know how to I know how to deal with that. Yeah. Right? So could you imagine a young person? Yeah. The things that they see on a daily basis, what their home life is really like. I get that. It's horrible. It's not fair. All of those things. What are you gonna do now? Yeah. What's your next step? Are you gonna are you gonna wallow in your sorrow? Mm -hmm. Or are you gonna get to a point and say, you know what? Today is is gonna end how I want it to end.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right? You have we all have the power to say, this is not how my life is gonna be. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. There's a lot of dedication. You're gonna face disappointments i think disappointments and failure Mm -hmm. are very important to us in our development because if you fail you're trying Mm -hmm. if you're comfortable you're not trying yeah you're not growing you're not growing you're not stretching yourself you're not trying to be better than you were yesterday and at the end of the day i remind the children every day when you go home today look at yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. because you can lie to me yeah you can tell me anything yeah but if that person looking back at you from the mirror is not your friend, mm. then you need to really do some soul searching. Yeah. Because mommy's going to be how how mommy's going to be. Right. Daddy's going to be how daddy's going to be. Society's going to be how society's going to be. What are you going to do now? Yeah. You know it's stacked against you in some cases. Yeah. You you. You know that you might not be getting the type of education that everyone else is getting. Yeah. But we can all teach ourselves. Right. Right? Yeah. So what are you going to do now? With every that's why when I talk to the volunteers, I tell them like so I'm 50. I love saying I'm 50 because yeah. I have a lot of friends that are not here anymore. Mm. Or they're someplace where they shouldn't be. Right. Right? Yeah. So I feel fortunate. Because it really wasn't in the cards for me to be here. Right. Right, With all of the problems that on this continent, right? Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to be here tomorrow. Right. And if God spares my life, I'll be here the following day and the following day. And I'm just kind of like on a journey. I know it's not a sprint. It took me a long time to kind of come to that realization. Like, you know, I was just trying to trying to get it all and it's like no, no no yeah you know life has a way so there's two ways to do something in life mm. either you do it the right way or you got to do it again yeah you know what i mean there's yeah. no easy days the only easy day was yesterday
0: yeah you know because it's mean? done <laughs> and it,
1: it's just it's just having you know i, I what i want to do is i want to give the children a foundation in which to work from Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right so i'm really interested into this with i'm listening to this guy right now uh david goggins okay right and he's very inspirational he's very he's got a a way at looking at things that is so simple you don't think Mm. it it could work so he tells a story about a cookie jar okay right so just think of all the rough stuff that you've been through in your life okay right everything that you really had to work for each time that you accomplish that that's like a note going into the cookie jar, and a lot of times as human beings, we forget how how powerful we really are. Mm. So that cookie jar is there. So when you're faced with a challenge, you can go into that cookie jar and say, "Yep, you know what? Yeah, I kind of made it through something like this before, and I, I got this. I just yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold the line. I gotta keep pushing." Yeah. And and I'm like, I, I, I joke with the kids all the time, like. I'm a real hip hop head, you yeah. know, like I grew up at <laughs> a time I grew up when 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 hip hop was becoming a, a art form. And um I joked with i was going to ask you what
0: you feel how you feel about certain hip hop artists now.
1: <laughs> I mean, everybody's got a message. <laughs> yeah. When you re- you really think about it cuz like at first I didn't really like uh 21 Savage. Okay. But then, you know, I've got I've got children from from the ages of twenty-four to fifteen. Okay. So I'm privy to the music, yeah. right? So initially when it when it first came out, I really didn't like him. But when I listen to certain songs, mm. you can hear the message. The message that's coming through. Like I didn't like Kodak Black for a long time. Yeah. I listen to Tunnel Vision. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. again, I come up at a different time where I think that, well, I know that hip hop was used as a way of just informing mm-hmm. people about what's going on or an oral synopsis of mm-hmm. what's going on in my environment. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, it might sound a little different now, but if you search around, there's a lot of young artists I like. Yeah. There's a lot of young artists because their message is in the music. Like, you know, um, you're, 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 you can't be more than 30, right?
0: I'm 25. All right.
1: So you're moving at an incredible vibration. Yeah. Right? there might be certain things at war with you just because of your energy, just because of your spirit.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Well, what do you mean by that?
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, for a long time on this planet
0: mm. or
1: in this country, they wanted us to believe that the fight or the plight was white against black. Okay. And on certain levels, it might be there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I learned at a very, very, very young age. So... My mom grew up in a place called Leroy, New York, right? It's a small dairy town Mm -hmm. in upstate New York between Rochester and Buffalo. Mm -hmm. The only reason that town exists is because of Jell-O pudding. Oh, wow. The Grayson family, the Grayson sisters Mm -hmm. uh, came up with the Jell-O and the town grew from that. Yeah. So during the summers, my mom would always bring me upstate. Okay. So I used to think that White America was mom, dad, the dog, the nice house, the white right. picket fence. And when I started visiting, that's not it. Yeah. That wasn't their reality. <laughs> yeah. Right? But if I don't know about them and they don't know about me,
0: yeah,
1: then the stereotypes Right
0: the caricatures. Right? The
1: caricatures are there and, yeah. and you're gonna know you you're gonna waste time about What people say our differences are, as opposed to how much we have in common. Yeah, right. So I used to think that it was you know black against white, white against black, blah 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 blah. Nah. What I found out now that on this planet there are good people Mm. and there are evil people. Mm. Right. So evil is at war with you because you're a good person.
0: I see. You see
1: the world. For what it is. You're not, I don't, I don't, I I don't think you're confined. I don't, you know, the only walls that confine us are the ones we build ourselves. Right. I don't think that you have any walls around you. Yeah. Right. That might be a problem for some people. Mm. Right. And I had people, again, throughout my entire life that would give me little seeds of knowledge and I didn't understand it at the time, but as I started to get older I started to realize, and I'd had an uncle one time tell me, and this is an uncle who knew what segregation was about, right? And he's told me from as far back as I could remember, listen, you stand up to go to the bathroom the same way they do. You put on your pants the same way he does. So if they have a problem Mm -hmm. with your color, it's not your problem. Mm. It's their problem. Yeah. Right? So I don't have that problem. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I, I, I've i been fortunate enough to have a, I had a mother and I was surrounded by people that would always encourage me to read. Mm. Right? Yeah. And just kind of push the limits of what I was supposed to be. What society said I was supposed to be. Yeah. And who I am. Yeah. Are two totally different things. Right? right? It's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. Right. I've right? heard that. Yeah. So. Yeah i don't think that there's a difference between me and anyone else yeah i don't have that color hang up yeah and i refuse to because at the end of the day when i look in the mirror i see a man yeah right and and when i started to buy into that when i would look in the mirror i saw a young man or a child and i knew that it wasn't me Mm. it wasn't me because i would treat everyone fairly right because again I had somebody telling me, treat people the way that you want to be treated. Right. Right? So if I treat you with the utmost respect and I'm kind Mm -hmm. and I'm trusting and I'm loving and you have a problem with that, now I know who you are. Right. Right? And it's not your color that's going to make me. Like think make you of respond that person. Differently. Yeah, like it's yeah, not yeah. gonna like when I walk into a room. Yeah, we're all human beings, the highest form of animal. So when we walk into a room, sometimes we'll pick up vibes, mm. right? Yeah. I pick up a vibe. but I feel like you got a problem with me, I'll kill you with kindness. Mm. I'm not gonna stand. I'm not gonna get into a a a, a, a pissing match with you. Yeah, because I know who I am. I'm comfortable with yeah. who I am. Other people might. Be uncomfortable yeah. with what you are. And in a lot of ways, I can kind of understand that, too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think I think that slavery hurt white America more than it hurt black America.
0: Okay, expound on that.
1: So, so if you're abusing someone, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. If you abuse someone, yeah. after a while, you kind of lose your humanity. Yeah. Because what would possess you, right, to do that? To do that? To well, you know, James
0: Baldwin asked that question mm. in a in a debate he had in the UK.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: and he said, he, he
1: was, I think he was at, uh,
0: the Cambridge house. Of, or yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I think it might, might been Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, and he says, he says, in some way, if a white man is harming a young black woman, in some ways, it is much more. Uh, it's much worse for the mm-hmm. white man it's because toxic. because what does this say about this white man who presumably loves his family and loves his children mm-hmm. that he could stoop so low uh, to allow himself to do that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's that's a very yeah. fascinating. Like that's I mean, an interesting think observation. About, think about it. What what, yeah.
1: what like what for you to dis- dehumanize another human being? You basically. Have to be savage,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because mm-hmm. somebody like I have several triggers. Mm-hmm. I, I have post-traumatic, right, stress yeah. disorder. One of my triggers is hearing the sound of children crying. Okay. Right. So how could you hurt another human being mm-hmm. and hear that crying and not do anything and not stop? Right. Right. Yeah. What, you know, and and I, I I think I I can I understand why they keep. Everything going yeah. that way is because they might be they might be kind yeah. of scared of, of what could happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I just don't think I don't think that we have that in us. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the problem that I'm seeing with young people and that I experienced as a young person mm. that we've seen ourselves through their eyes I for see. so long. Yeah. That we are feeding on ourselves. Mm. We are desensitized to... When I see you or when you see me... What's going on, sis? Yeah. What's up, bro? How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. And that was another lesson that I learned... When I started making those summer trips... Mm. To upstate New York. Because you had Italians that didn't like... The Germans. Mm-hmm. There were Germans that didn't like this culture. They both didn't like the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And so... My god, if they don't like each other, yeah, (laughs) and we're so different, yeah, whoa, okay. So, I came to terms with that at a very early age, yeah. And it's weird because, had my mother not left when she did, I would have grown up there, you know. So, it's my mom, she had two sisters and five brothers, so. One of my uncles is he's the he was the architect for the Buffalo Transit system, mm. Ralph Harrington. I've got another uncle, John Cecil, that I was named after that he was an engineer at Kodak. He developed the Polaroid program. Mm. I have an uncle who was the first black male nurse in New York City I have my other uncle they were they were t- uh, my uncle Sam was a Tuskegee airman
2: mm.
1: you know like my so I never, I didn't have that problem, even with yeah. my uncles at that time, even though they might've been dealing with certain things, yeah. it was their character. Yeah. It was the type of people that they were that forced other people to see them as they were. Right. 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 So, you know, and that, that's, I think that's one of the things that, that I can do here because I, we do serve as children that have, that have that, that, that that, and it's not their fault. Eh? It's yeah. the people that they live with, yeah. and the, the things that they hear. You know about this group of people and that group of people, and they're holding me down and they're yeah. doing that. And yeah, it might be true to an extent because it's just a system. Yeah, it's not a the pe- people per se. It's just the way that the system is set up. Yeah, but what? Do you do now? Right. Knowing all of that. Right. That's why when I, when I talk to the volunteers, I encourage them. I said, listen, when you're with this young person today and you get stuck, don't let it be a silent wall. Mm-hmm. Like if you had a chance to go back and, and talk to the seven-year-old you, yeah. what would you tell you? Yeah. With all of, even with everything, your ups and downs, your hardships, your good times, your really sad times, what could you tell? What would you go back and tell the seven year old Chloe yeah, right, yeah. and that and that really I think that's our responsibility as adults mm. I think that's one of the problems with our society now, because when I was coming up, if I did something at the store, not only would I get checked all the way home, yeah, but when I got home, yeah my mother would know yeah so there were there, there, there wasn't a time when you walk down the street and an adult might correct you yeah. an adult might check you right right so I'm in that kind of mold are I you can, saying
0: that doesn't happen as much now
1: please yeah. you can't you can't talk some of these some of these parents you yeah. can't talk to their children yeah you know what I mean you can't tell the child the difference between right and wrong yeah that's kind of that's foreign to me. what
0: do you think is is the source of that change from seeing that when you grew up to now mm,
1: I think the, the the neighborhoods have been more transient uh, I don't so think people aren't staying. yeah I don't think there are people that are like you know I, I can I, like I said I grew up in Eastchester projects yeah when I go there, Miss Thomas is still there. She's Mm. 80. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Arnett are still there. Yeah. Um, You know, there was, there were a group of adults and a group of males that took care Mm. of their community. Yeah. Right? So it was, it was at a time when, Adults were the filter, right? We need to be the filter for these children. They can't, you know, I'm not, you know, and I I, I I had that before I became a father father, but more so now as a father, like I don't want children. I wasted a lot of years mm-hmm. trying to figure things out, mm-hmm. you know, being in a single a parent household. Yeah, my mom not really being a city girl.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I didn't I didn't think that she understood what I was going through. Mm. But she was just giving me life lessons and I was unwilling to accept it from her just because she was a girl. Okay. I mean, especially when I started to get older, 13, yeah. 14, 12 even, because I was kind of big. But it's weird now because I find myself mm-hmm. when I talk to my children and the children under my charge, I sound like my mother. Yeah. <laughs> the same things that she was telling me when yeah. I was a little boy. I find myself repeating to these young people that I'm around.
0: Yeah, they come back. The yeah. words come back. Yeah.
1: M- mommy's wit. Mother's right. wit, it's called, right? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my grandmother showed me how to sew. My aunt showed me how to cook. You know, my mom showed me how to cook food and, yeah. and wash clothes. Like, you know, there were, there were soft skills, certain things that I needed to know as a young person, boy or girl, that... I would I would know how to take care of myself. Right. I don't really think that that's happening now. Okay. As it did 20 years ago or 30 years ago or maybe even 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, there's people have to take they have to take responsibility for their, their where they're living. If you know, you don't like certain things in your neighborhood, become active. Right. You know what I mean? A tenant yeah. there was in my building there was a tenant patrol. You mm. know, after a certain time, yeah. the father sat in the hallway, so there couldn't oh, wow, be yeah, yeah. that that mess going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um,
0: it's interesting. This conversation re- kind of reminds me of. I don't know if you watch or listen to The Breakfast Club, but uh, <laughs> but, <sometimes. laughs> but Killer Mike mm. was just on recently, okay. and he got like into a, he got into a conversation with DJ Envy mm. about. Various things, but one of the things he talked about was um, just, like, the school system and different different ways to add mm. complexity to the school system, especially for young black kids, and, like, talking about, like, if you don't like the public school system, like, elect another board and get involved with the That's PTA it. and, That's like, it. be the change you want to see, you That's know?
1: That's it. Everybody likes to complain. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if, stop complaining. Yeah. Put a plan together get some like-minded people mm-hmm. together, right? We don't always have to agree, yeah. but we have to have the same idea. Yeah. Right? And work on it yeah. and make it the make it what you want it. Everybody has done that. Yeah. I th- I think right after slavery, we might have had it w- we had that we had that information and you know because the majority of the of, of society or the country wouldn't deal with us. We had to deal with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think after the '60s, everybody got comfortable, mm. right? So I can sit next to you. Yeah, <laughs> I can go to your school. So yeah. now I'm comfortable. I don't need to. I don't need to. Yeah. Do the things that are necessary. Be self-sustaining. Be and, self-sustaining. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it's, it's every everything that we need is right here. It's right it's here.
0: interesting because this goes to the heart of a debate I think that was also had between Booker T. Washington and W. E. B. Du Bois, mm-hmm. because I think Booker T. Washington was more about like trying to build your own HBCUs mm-hmm. and and raising those up and i think that wb the boy at least in his book souls of black folk right was, right was more you know about things like getting the vote and but he actually had something important to say which i d- had never seen any other uh writers say this he actually argued that the way and this goes to your point about perhaps like white people feeling guilty in perpetuity mm-hmm. um he goes to, talks about the issue of the era of reconstruction mm-hmm. and how it it wasn't correct. Basically the he argues that the north overdid it to mm-hmm. the children of slave owners mm-hmm. and the south overdid it because they were full of resentment toward the former slaves and right. the children of the former slaves. And because right. there was sort of no like, I don't know, reconciliation period or some, something something mm-hmm. similar that happened in South Africa, right? Yeah. Because that was never Uh, something that happened at least in the south a lot of things were messed up but Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of what you're saying at least to me resonates because it it speaks to this interesting debate that went on between those Mm -hmm. two those two authors
1: I I think that's that's I I mean the United States has a lot of problems but mm -hmm. I think the problem of race is is going to continue to be a problem because we don't have the dialogue, mm. right? So, yeah. okay, so the PhD and the other PhD might sit down and have a conversation, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm
0: thinking of a few people right now when you, you say know what that. I'm saying? <laughs> like, like
1: they might yeah. have a conversation, but what we need to do is have we we need to have a serious conversation about it yeah. because I I watch the news daily. Yeah. You know, I don't like to, but I just watch it cuz I want to kind of stay abreast of what's going on. Yeah. And it it just seems like things are getting a little bit worse yeah. when I've heard for 9 years already since Obama that we're living in a post-racial yeah. society. Yeah. Right? So, but I you know, I I think I think it, so again, going back to my my friend uh Coach Langley. Yeah. I think if we kind of st- so you go in my shoes and I'll go in your shoes for a little while mm-hmm. I think as a as a a white person I think there's a lot of guilt mm-hmm. right but i I think I think that like I, that, that guilt must just be so overwhelming like you yeah. just can't you know and you know I gotta keep it 100 black most some black people
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> some
1: black people have become so savage yeah i don't i wouldn't want to sit down and have a conversation just like in the rural parts of of appalachia yeah there are some whites that are so savage yeah their own don't even want to have a conversation with them so where's the disconnect what's really going on like let's let's stop okay so we had you know 9 11 happen. it was a horrible day Mm -hmm. and then everybody pulled together Mm -hmm. right yeah and then a couple of years later yeah, it was gone. The warm and fuzzy feeling is gone. Right. You know what I mean? So people people got to do a lot more introspection. You know what I mean? And but I
0: think it's ta- I think this speaks to the fact that it takes a lot of work to nurture and sustain a community, yeah. right? Like in general, like yeah. especially if you're talking about bringing people together that ostensibly have no ties with each other. Mm. Right. How do you actually nurture and foster ties? I mean, this is in s- to a certain extent like the American project, right? Yeah. People from all over trying to come together and build a mm-hmm. coherent identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we take for granted, especially in the social media age, which, oh. which has compounded si- the situation. Wow. Uh, ironically, we're, we're doing this because this is going to be talked about on social media hopefully. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think that all these factors are compounding situations, but the core of it all is how do you cultivate a community where we can be honest with each other mm-hmm. and not necessarily even agree with each other, but create a space where we can be honest and air out our our problems mm-hmm. we have um, mm-hmm. in a sincere, truthful manner. And then at the end of the day, go and have a beer to- still be able to go to- and right. have a beer together, yeah. right? Yeah. Like
1: So I do restorative circles here, right? Okay. So, uh, so we have circles for everything. We have harm circles. Mm. We have welcoming circles. We have farewell circles we have celebratory circles i have found that that is one of the the best tools mm. that we can use in conflict resolution when it comes to our young people okay. because everyone has a stake right right everyone gets a chance to talk okay you speak from the heart yeah right you be honest yeah and it's okay with not being okay yeah and it's a space where even if i don't respect what you're saying yeah i have to listen to what you're saying yeah so now you know where the problem is or Mm. you know that i've been causing you these problems Mm. and now i know if i'm the person that's causing the problem i know that i'm having an effect on you right right right. so then they're left with a with a situation now Mm. Because we don't do the circles just once. Okay. Like we keep the circles going until the situation mm. is fixed. Gotcha. Right? And again, we don't have to agree. Right. But we should all have enough space to be able to disagree. We can right. agree on the fact that I disagree with you. <laughs> and I can still be civil. Right. And it's cool. Yeah. And if, the, if it ever raises up again or if a situation comes up where I'm not too clear about what's going on with you, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Break out the talk in peace. I have something to say. And that's what we do. You, We got to give these young people, because what we're seeing here right now, even with your generation, mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now is a result of the war on drugs. mm Okay, so yeah. when you have a war, mm. somebody wins, somebody loses. Right. The people on the low end of the economic ladder mm-hmm. are losing. Mm-hmm. This organization is here because there are parents or loved ones that are incarcerated, mm. they are locked up, and most of it is because mm. of nonviolent drug offenses, mm. right? I have I believe that poverty runs New York.
0: Mm.
1: I think that families out on the street yeah. that need EBT, yeah. shelter, free medical care. I think poverty runs New York City. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Yeah. Why? Because like like you get the you'll get that you'll get those people that say hey you just need to lift yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. What if the person doesn't have any boots? Right. So that really that doesn't work. Yeah. Right. We've got to come up with a system where. No handouts. Right. I'm not talking about handouts. I'm talking about an even playing field. Mm -hmm. Right. So I am the father of five boys. Mm -hmm. Right. My youngest is 15. Right. He's 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 excellent in lacrosse. Okay. My biggest worry as a father wasn't the thugs or the hoodlums my biggest worry is my son going back and forth to school Mm
2: -hmm.
1: with these guys out here in these uniforms police department they have a very very hard job to do Mm -hmm. i do understand it but i think they're very desensitized when it comes to us Mm. and they're strong they use very strong-handed tactics yeah when it comes to us, I had a neighborhood police officer when I grew up. Okay. Oh, Detective Arnett.
0: I live around here, and I feel like that that exists. Yeah. <laughs> like I,
1: Literally, I've seen it a couple times where, when we were on the, at the other side at 600 Lafayette. Yeah. So you see the, our colors, right? Bright yeah. orange shirts, blue shirts. Yeah. During the summer one time, some kids are up the street smoking weed, drinking beer, shooting dice we got kids coming to our program the cops jump on our jump out on our kids mm. so you know it's like officer like why what, yeah. you know what happened like i don't understand why don't y'all get them dudes oh they they're going to be there like it's 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 crazy like i, yeah. I the the, the I, you know i mean there's a lot of history behind the police department yeah. you know they were they were created as slave catchers first yeah. right i get all of that but i think some of their tactics like i know listen And, I, you know, know, again, I know it's kind of rough out there, but I just think that some of their policing efforts and Mm. their tactics, and I understand the fear aspect of it. Yeah, you want to go home and you want to do that. But if you're not in the community, if you're not engaging the children, then, yeah, you look like an occupying force. And I know what an occupying force looks like Mm -hmm. because of my my military background, my military experience. I, I know what that looks like and these guys you know as overworked as they might be as stressed out as they might be and then again being able to put myself in other people's shoes yeah if i was in a neighborhood that i didn't live in riding around all day seeing the worst parts of human personality and the worst seeing people at their worst
0: Right, you know, it you might get the a little yeah. You might
1: get a little desensitized yeah. to, to the people that you're actually trying to help or protect. It sounds
0: like there has there should be some restorative circles going Definitely. on between the police 100%. and the community. Like we
1: have to heal ourselves collectively as a country and as human beings. Because if not, yeah, you know, we have outside enemies looking in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you mean? think
0: it starts on a local level? Yeah. Okay.
1: That's the only way, the grassroots level. Yeah. That's the only way because that that's you would you would be able to speak to power is the right. numbers. You right. know what I mean? And I'm not you know I'm not talking about drug-free zones. Right. I'm not talking about crime-free zones. Yeah. But why do people do crime? Hmm. You know, Wu Tang says criminals criminals robbing innocent MFs every time. Yeah. That is the meaning of crime. Yeah. Right? So, but society creates the crime that criminals do. Mm, yeah. Right? So if I couldn't feed my family.
0: Mm, right.
1: If I can't take care of the people that I need, that I love and care about.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because I, as you're saying all of this, I'm thinking of, I'm going to mispronounce it in French, but it's basically Les Miserables by Victor I, I, Hugo. Yeah, I've the, seen it a couple times. So, so. I haven't see, I saw the movie, mm-hmm. and then I read the book two mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Book is far better than the Re- play as always, or always the movie. is. Uh, and I didn't realize because I had seen the movie, and it didn't actually focus on the real focus that was in the book. But the mm-hmm. book is actually about this very issue, which I find fascinating because I think that this novel needs to be, like, perhaps required, used, required, required, and reading. also stu- potentially used in a restorative circle between Ooh. police and community. The community, because that book is fundamentally about this conflict between Jean Valjean um, and and fact check me, but Jean Valjean and (laughs) a police officer whose name I forget. Right, the police officer is is constantly searching for him mm. and constantly want to get him and believes that he'll never be a reformed criminal mm-hmm. right and is always trying to go after him and it turns out that the police officer was raised in a cruel hes like raised from the streets and raised mm. from almost like a prison system right. and his sense of justice has been perverted mm. because of that upbringing mm. so if you were to only look at it from one perspective you would see you would see the police officer as a monster mm. and it's true that he's doing monstrous things but it's because of a whole bunch of stuff that happened in his upbringing that right. caused him to be this cruel root, ru- like totally brutal person. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting about that book is it sheds light on both perspectives. Mm. The idea of a person who steals bread because he's hungry, mm-hmm. right? He becomes a criminal, becomes reformed because someone who he steals from shows him compassion. Mm-hmm. So he steals from a priest, and then the, the cops catch him and they and then he te- the priest tells the cops what are you talking about? He didn't do He didn't steal it. In brand. fact, in fact, I gave this to him and he forgot to take the extra thing that I gave him. So it's, this this moment totally changes mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know uh, kind of messes him up but then like he becomes this this symbol of love and, mm-hmm. and, and, and in contrast to the cop who's in this space who has this perverted sense of mm-hmm. justice. Um, but anyway, the 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 dialogue that goes on between them is a perfect text for studying our society, I think, when it mm-hmm. comes to criminal justice reform um, and community policing and helping to heal some of the things that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. So I like believe in the tremendous power of literature to help guide us. Because different societies have been de- dealing mm-hmm. with these issues. Yeah. You know, this is from France, yeah. right? Yeah. So different societies have been dealing with these issues in, in different eras. And I think it'd be very valuable yeah. if we took a page from them yeah.
1: and learned from them. I, I, I think everybody needs to go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> like education. No, seriously. Yeah. Education. Like, I mean, look at look at the problems. And I mean all the way across the spectrum. Yeah. When I'm not talking about color right now. I'm yeah. talking about all the way across the spectrum. Because I know a lot of people that don't look like me that aren't doing as well as I am mm-hmm. okay yeah. so I'm not ignorant to that fact yeah but let's w- how like okay so <laughs> there's a baseball cap that goes around and says make America great again yeah right? <laughs> yeah how could we do that yeah what would we need to do right let's right. get all let's get every let's get all the scientists together let's let's figure out a plan
2: mm.
1: right and let's work the plan because remember we don't need to, we don't need we don't need to really get along. We just need to have the same idea. Yeah. Right? We don't have to agree right. with everything. Right. But first but principles. I think like... food, clothing, and shelter yeah. is a must. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, for I mean, the, I think the educational system in yeah. the United States has to change. As a, as a person of color, you don't find out anything about your history. Yeah you think you would really think that your existence started after slavery right now we know that it didn't start then right so let's be honest all the way across the board all the way and let's see Mm
2: -hmm.
1: what happens right like there's no there's no fear there's no reason to be afraid of anyone if your heart is just yeah right you will be judged according to what your heart what's inside the things that people can't see about you are the things that are going to show the most. Right. So, I mean, there's just, there's just, I think a better way of doing things, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, there's no substitute for hard work. Yeah. There's no substitute for determination. Yeah. There's no substitute. All of those wonderful things the United States and America is known for. Mm-hmm. It's here. Yeah. It's, it's inside of all of us. Right. What is like, so what is preventing, what is preventing the, the young man down the block that can't read from the one up by Nantahala in North Carolina mm. and he can't read. Yeah. What, what, what is it? What is it? well, Okay, and Nantahala, mommy's on meth. Mm. Down the block, mommy's on crack.
2: Mm.
1: Nantahala, daddy came and left. bed daddy might be locked up. Mm-hmm. So there's something inherently wrong mm-hmm. right now. There's something... Something's not right. Yeah. And I think people are so worried about how much money they can make, mm. what the house is going to look like, the car. And that's fine. That's yeah. all good. But if I, if I really... Have to make my bread on the misery of other human beings, mm. then I don't want it. Am yeah. I really going to be happy?
0: Also, I think people underestimate how much more joy and um, love would be in their lives mm-hmm. if they actually thought yeah. more community. Yeah. Based. I've never
1: seen a funeral, I've never seen a funeral with a Brinks truck following, mm. right? You can't, you could take it with you, yeah, but. People are so hungry right now, they'll probably dig you up and take it anyway. Yeah. Right? So, you know, one of my my other mantras is 100 years from now, it won't matter how much money I had in the bank, Mm. what kind of house I lived in, what kind of car I drove. What's going to be the most important thing is that I was in the life of a child.
2: Mm.
1: Right? When I hear the children in this building saying things that i might have said to them a year ago Mm. six months ago last month and they're making they're making the way their way they're finding better ways to handle this situation they're looking forward to going to school they got Mm. that can-do spirit and attitude yeah you can't pay me enough to do that right there's nothing that you could give me to make me walk out of this building i found my calling there's a quote that says the two most important dates that a person will experience in his life is the day that they were born and then the day that they found out why Mm. i've I've, i have that experience i know why i'm here and it's not to take life right those days are done yeah it's now trying to get our young people in love with life Mm. In love with the struggle
0: that life in brings.
1: love with the challenge of life yeah. life brings challenges yeah right just think about it. if we had to s- take that same journey
2: mm-hmm.
1: to 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 fertilize that egg some people say the pain is so great we would fall out and die
2: mm.
1: right so why once we get out of the womb, we stop trying mm. Right. You ever watch a little child try to learn how to walk? Yeah. They'll keep going. Yeah. They'll keep fall down. Get up. Keep going. They'll yeah. keep going. What happens to us? Do we learn how to quit? If you quit one thing once, it'll become a habit. Yeah. So what happened? You got the keys. Yeah. Right. It was so amazing that you grabbed Fadari.
0: Oh yeah. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Because I, I'm pretty sure even though he's a little boy, yeah. right? I'm sure that it might be something that you see in him yeah. that says, you know what? I can help him with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I'm happy when I see you because now now I don't have to worry about Ferrari. yeah During throughout your travels in the city, when you see a young person doing something inappropriate, don't you wish that you can walk up to them yes. and tell them? Oh my goodness. Right? I have this experience okay. all the time. Hey. But now we're in a setting where you can do that, right? And you won't get an F you, what you talking about, miss, I don't know you, get away from me, or it could be even worse. The experience can end up worse, right? We got access to the young people. We have access to the children. So you might not be able to save that young people person that Mm -hmm. you passed here, Mm -hmm. but you can definitely get a good head start with the one that you're with today. Yeah. And that's 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 the beauty of it. Do you realize since we've been doing the Saturday Resource Center that all of those children that at one time that were failing or in question of being promoted in doubt—that's the word mm-hmm. the school system likes to use—in <laughs> doubt, right? No one has failed. Yeah. Everyone has been promoted, and the GPAs are going up. That's amazing. Monthly, quarterly, they're going up. Yeah. Right, and that's all due to the kindness and the love. That the volunteers, when you walk in as a volunteer,
2: yeah.
1: you're giving of yourself. Yeah. Right? Now here now think about it, take this into context. Here's a young person who feels like nobody cares, cares about for me. Them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Mommy
1: don't help me with my homework. Yeah. She's she's too busy watching love and hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Daddy can't help me because he's not that smart, or he's in the streets trying to get that money, or he's up north. He's somewhere where he can't help. Yeah. Here is a complete stranger. Right. I saw her last week. I've seen her around, but she's here every Saturday. I walk in here, she's here. Yeah. And she's helping me, and nobody's paying her. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. That's powerful. Come
1: on. Yeah. Come on. Like that. 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 Though you know when people, you know people sometimes lose the reason to get up in the morning. Yeah. That's what fuels me. Yeah. Right. No matter what I'm going through, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing that r- really, literally, that can keep me out of this building because I need that love yeah. and energy that I get from the children. Yeah. I need that. Yeah. So I'm selfish. In, I'm selfish in that aspect. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. need that. Yeah. But this, as much as I get, I try to give it back. Yeah. Tenfold. I mean, even if it's with the volunteers, dealing with the volunteers, dealing with the children dealing with the mentors, dealing with the staff. It's just because I have been so fortunate in my life. I'm Mm. not supposed to be here, Mm. right? So I'm here.
0: Two things and then a question. Okay. (laughs) A last, a final question. Um, This conversation reminds me of two quotes, more or less. Mm -hmm. The first is not a quote, but a song. Do you know the song As by Stevie Wonder?
1: I'm sure I've heard it. I can I'll listen to it tonight on yeah. the way home.
0: So listen to that song because, like, I was raised on Stevie Wonder, but you know how sometimes you're raised on something and then you don't, like, realize it until later, What right, you, like, right, the profoundness right. of what you were raised on? Mm-hmm. That song is super powerful because it talks about, like, an undying love that is so mm-hmm. fourth dimension mm. um, that it – Inverts the way nature works because you know some of the things he says in that song are just like until the parrots swim and dolphins fly at sea, until we dream of life and and life is but a dream. And then the constant refrain is I'll be loving you always. Mm. Oh it, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I do definitely know that song. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So like, first of all, Stevie Wonder shout out to Steve Wonder uh, for that brilliance mm-hmm. that is like pervasive in every major song he's produced. But when I am here at Children of Promise on Saturdays. And when I'm thinking about a lot of what you're saying, I'm reminded of that song because it's like so Appreciate powerful. That. Um, the second quote that I'm reminded of is a poem by Maya Angelou. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say the whole thing, but basically basically she wrote it in honor of her uncle, one of her uncles who was blind and like not educated, and but kept constantly trying to make her or a relative of hers learned timetables mm. and she okay. she like never forgot that um, and the way she described his spirit was as fo- as follows she said i may cry and i will die but my spirit is the soul of every spring look for me and you will see i am present in the songs that children sing mm. and that has a okay. special special resonance here at children of promise mm. so mm. i just want to let you know this conversation is awesome. awesome. <laughs> reminded me of both of those that. things The last question I'm gonna ask you is, and I'm sure you deal with this on a regular basis, but let's say you're dealing with a kid who, you know, has all of those seemingly insurmountable Mm -hmm. obstacles Mm -hmm. uh, and wants to experience new things, wants to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, but it's just having a difficult time allowing him or herself to be vulnerable enough to do Mm -hmm. that, to open themselves up. What advice would you give that kid? And there's a kid in all of us, right, Right. so.
1: So (laughs) Let your let your spirit take you where you would go, mm. because usually the first your first response is your is the real response.
0: Yeah, like that intuition. Yeah, yeah. your
1: first response is your is your real response. So, and we all have a self accusing spirit, mm. right? So mm-hmm. You could be five years old or a hundred and five years old. Mm-hmm. We all know the difference between right and wrong. Mm. So if it doesn't feel right, yeah, then it's not right, yeah, right. Live. Mm. If it depends uh, again, uh, so I don't. I, you can't. You can't paint all the children with the same broad right. brush. I have I- expectations for each and every one of my young people okay. that I'm in the building with, right? But my expectations might be here, but I want to meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you the blueprint to how to get to where, not where I think you should be, mm. but where you need to be mm-hmm. as an individual. Yeah. And that's kind of hard sometimes, yeah. getting that across to a young person, because, again, I don't know what you're I I know very little about what they're actually dealing with at home. Yeah. Right? So we have them for a small window in the afternoon. In the summer, we make bigger, uh, we make we make more headway mm. because we have them for a longer period of time. Okay. Right. So if you're here for the after school program, a little three hours, you leave, you go back to your reality, you're dealing with all of that, and then I'm not, I don't get a chance to see you until right the next day. Right. Right. So just to give you little, little seeds. Of, of wisdom, little seeds of knowledge to get you to think outside of the box that mm-hmm. you think that you're in,
2: mm.
1: right? So treat people the way that you want to be treated, mm-hmm. right? Don't be afraid. And when I say don't be afraid, I'm not saying that there is no fear. Mm. What I'm saying is use the fear to propel you to the next evolution. Mm. And you go as far as you can go. And when you get there, see how much farther you can go, Mm. right? Because the fear is always going to be there, right? Right. So you can face everything and rise, Mm -hmm. or you can forget everything and run, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) But again, it's followed up by what I said initially. There's two ways to do something in life. Mm -hmm. Either you do it the right way or you do it again. You can do it right at 12, Or have to deal with it at 22. Mm. If you don't deal with it at 22, you're going to deal with it at 32. Yeah. You don't deal with it at 32, you're going to deal with it at 42. Do what has to be done. I had a wonderful staff sergeant when I was a a Lance Corporal Mm -hmm. that took us to Somalia, and he said, Do what has to be done and be done with it. Mm. That's it. And that, that kind of explains itself. Yeah. Just do it. Do what you have to do, especially with young people. You got a lot of energy, right? Stretch the yeah. day. Make it go home, you know. And one of the first tasks of the day should be to make your bed.
0: Mm. Because
1: if the world knocks you down and drags you around a little bit, at least when you get home, mm. the sight of that well-made bed. Yeah. And guess what? You get a chance to get up tomorrow and do it again. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I don't want to sugar. I don't sugarcoat anything with the young people. I don't. I don't blow smoke up their behinds and tell them everything is fine when it's really not. Yeah. I don't bombard them with all the negative stuff. Right. But I give them keys to get past the next evolution. You finish this. Let's go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from the next thing? That's going to help you through the next thing. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm still learning. Yeah. You're here for a reason. You're here. You're here. You're here. Make the most of the time that you have right now.
0: Well, Mr. Walker.
1: We got to do this again? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Don't be a stranger. It's awesome. Thank
0: you so much for for agreeing to do this. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Awesome. The quote of the day, which is quite appropriate, comes from Les Mis by Victor Hugo. He says, the lofty and serene soul, inaccessible to common passions and common emotions, rising above the clouds and shadows of this world, its follies, its falsehoods, its hatreds, its vanities, its miseries, inhabits the blue of the skies and no longer feels anything but the deep subterranean commotions of destiny as the summit of the mountains fills the quaking of the earth. If no one is loved, the sun would go out.